Welcome to the Tech Legal Matters podcast by iAfrican Radio. Since 2015, we at iAfrican.com have been doing research and publishing about significant data breaches and leaks across Africa. Some we have reported on publicly, while others were too sensitive and we simply notified the relevant authorities without publicly reporting on them. During the same period, we have also researched and reported extensively on cybersecurity, privacy, and data protection-related matters across Africa. What we have always observed is that not many people and organizations understand the legal implications of the various technologies that they use. In this podcast, we will explore these topics and more, with a specific focus on the intersection of technology and the law, how that affects you as an individual, but also from a business perspective. New episodes of the Tech Legal Matters podcast will be broadcast every Friday. The podcast will also feature analysis, insights, and commentary from attorneys who specialize in information and communications technology law. My name is Defo Mohapi, and I will be your host. This episode of the Tech Legal Matters podcast is a recording from the World Cybersecurity Summit, Africa Edition 2020. The event was successful in bringing in fresh narratives, innovative ideas and awareness on key areas such as cyber threat intelligence, data governance, data privacy and cyber relations across Africa. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Well, we're right now talking about the role of cybersecurity in your digital transformation journey. Well, the global Middle East and the African cybersecurity market valued approximately USD 18.02 billion in 2016 is anticipated to grow at a healthy rate of more than 15.62% over the forecast period of 2018 to 2025. The role of cybersecurity becomes all the more crucial as enterprises embark upon their digital transformation journeys. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for the practitioners panel discussion, we've got on the cybersecurity for digitally transformed organizations, enterprise IT security checklist, important steps to create a secure network, internal cybersecurity preventing IT threats from inside, cybersecurity to support digital transformation, developing a roadmap for operational coordination and cyber incident security awareness trainings can uh, security awareness trainees for employees improve enterprise cybersecurity and we're talking about information security compliance standards well we've got with us our speakers first up uh, Fenio Sakwe the associate director IT governance risk and control IHS TARS in Nigeria when he has uh, consulted for over 70% of the telecom companies in the West Africa and 50% of the commercial banks in Nigeria. He's worked in East Africa, South Africa, West Africa, and the Middle East, and the United States of America and Europe, and has valued a network and web application security for multinationals in financial, manufacturing, telecommunications, and energy sectors. Also joining Fene would be Sandeep Bhaduri, the Chief Executive Officer, GA Insurance Limited, Kenya. Insurance and risk consulting broker with extensive business background across business verticals, multi-geography business experience, including two startups in two different non-English speaking countries, English in India, United Kingdoms, uh, Swaziland and uh, Rwanda. Also, we've got Kevin uh, K. Yerni, the head of IT Jumia Kenya. Uh, Kevin is a versatile IT professional all-rounder in network security, server administration, multi-operational system platforms, database management, hardware and software management, project management, amongst others. Also, we've got Winnie uh, Sargon, the head of ICT and Innovation, Borisha Sarko Society Limited, Kenya. 
Well, Winnie is an industrious and ambitious person with an inner drive and great passion in what she chooses to undertake. A strategic uh, thinker, innovative leader, technology lover, and a cybersecurity enthusiast with an interest in problem solving through automation. And this entire panel discussion is going to be moderated by Confidence Tolle, uh, founder and executive director, CyberSafe Foundation, Top 50 Women in Cybersecurity Africa 2020 Nigeria. Well, uh, Confidence uh, is cybersecurity awareness advocate, an ethical hacker, information technology expert, global shaper, author, and an entrepreneur with more than a decade worth of experience in technology. Well, uh, as uh, Confidence is also the top 50 women in cybersecurity Africa 2020 finalist, the executive director of African Women in Security Network, BBC Biz 100 expert, and an expert of technology within the African tech ecosystem. So, well, now it is time to have this incredible panel joining us. And thank you so much for being a part of our summit today. Over to you. Confidence. Thank you so much, Bhavna, for that very warm introduction of every member of this interesting and exciting panel conversation. Um, I see you, Fene. I see you, Sandeep. I see you, Winnie and Kevin. Uh, and I'm really excited to be having this conversation. And I'm looking forward to this panel because um, it could have been a better time to have this conversation about the role cybersecurity plays uh, in digital transformation. Um, so we'll just get right into the conversation and feel free to share your thoughts um, and just discuss as we go along. Um, my energy is a bit, can be a bit very overwhelming, so just bear with me. I am just this way. <laughs> okay, first, I just want to ask for your thoughts on. What exactly you, you believe the role of cybersecurity is in supporting organizations that are planning or undergoing a digital transformation in this time? We know that um, the pandemic, for one, forced all our hands to go into the fourth industrial revolution in weeks, literally. It's something that you know we usually would have had to plan, budget resources for, have some strategic thinking and around it, and maybe some... Um, some ruin um, in the boardroom literally had to happen without all of those processes and really, really fast. So I want to I wanna ask for your thoughts on role cybersecurity play. What do you think, Sandeep? What are your thoughts about role this plays, cybersecurity plays? You see, uh, the first thing is like, uh, you know, I'd like to tackle the question from the point of digital transformation. So as an organization, why do we need digital transformation actually? So the times in which we are living, you know, the, our target audience, you know, whom, so like I sell insurance, whom am I selling insurance? What is going to be my future target clients? How do I attain scalability? For which, you know, we need to, to plan as an organization how to disrupt the market, how to create personalized consumer experiences, how to be agile. Now in, term, in, in the COVID situation has taught us about agility in terms of our workplace mobility. Now, once we have a technology and we need technology for this digital transformation. So now once we have technology and digital uh, in place, uh, the second thing is what is the scalability of the technology? Now, once we talk about scalability of the technology, it increases our surface area in terms of uh, network uh, security. So now what happens is that in our day-to-day -day operations, suppose if I am going to sell insurance to 50,000 people and it is totally supported on a digital platform, then how well my system is protected? 
how do what do i do when it, when there is a disruption in the business operations how do i adapt how do i recover so these are the elements where the you know areas where digital security or cyber security comes into uh, picture so basically what i can say in terms of providing uh, personalized consumer experiences agility scalability and most importantly cost savings now uh, you know if you see the basic uh, penetration of financial services uh, especially insurance in african continent uh, other than south africa the uh, the penetration is very low so one of the reasons why penetration is very low is accessibility so one of the pain areas for any financial services company including insurance is the high operating expenses so for us to attain scalability cost savings and bringing the cost of the product down technology is a very important portion so when we are so dependent on technology how do i save uh, my business operations from any external uh, external or internal uh, disruption which is based on it so that's why cyber security becomes very important so it is directly related to our operating margin actually Oh, that's a very good perspective to come from. Um, I've hardly had a conversation around cybersecurity and the word cost savings is, is consistently mentioned. But I like how you're tying in um, the dependence on technology to achieving scalability and cost savings as a very strong reason to have cybersecurity supporting and being an enabler for technology to actually help with the bottom line or increasing uh, the bottom line. That's a very fantastic perspective. Thank you so much, Sandeep. Uh, Fene, what are your thoughts? Uh, sorry, not Fene. Um, Kevin, I don't know if I can see your camera, but uh, I can't see you yet. I don't know if you're still here. Kevin, are you here? Great. I think I can see you now. Um, I just wanted to also ask for your thoughts. What are your thoughts on um, the role of cybersecurity in supporting the businesses that are planning or currently undergoing a digital transformation. Um, thanks so much. Um, from my end, I think uh, what uh, Sanipa said is about um, cost savings. But from my end, I'll go. I'll deep dive on more on technical aspects on digital transformation and having cybersecurity as a part of it. For me, because uh, I deal with a lot of uh, digital transformation projects and cybersecurity projects, for my end, I would rather have them run concurrently. And the reason for that is that um, I, I'm in the industry of uh, e-commerce and uh, security is critical for us because we have a lot of uh, hits from hackers and everything. So um, from my end, basically, is to say that uh, security, yes, is a bit expensive and it has to be a bit cost effective, but also depending on the digital transformation of the organization, there are key areas that we need to consider, and that is data security, application security, cloud security, depending on your organization model and how your digital um, transformation process is. Um, from my experiences, what I understand is that uh, different teams within different organizations have um, lead the digital transformation. Um, some it does, it, it's done by the IT teams, and some is done by business manager. However, um, depending on the complexities involved, um, unfortunately, many organizations undervalue the role of security of their journey of digital transformation. So um, this is one of the major factors I think uh, people uh, or other organizations should consider 
that is data security, application security. When you say data security in regards to implementation um, during development of databases, um, database and application level encryption should be implemented, tokenization on databases access, among other database securities. Then you have application securities. Right now, during the COVID times, we've had a lot of challenges trying to, because we have a lot of people working from home. So we have what you call VPN connections, and that's quite critical. And basically that's like exposing our network infrastructure. So in terms of digital transformation, application security is very important, whereby um, hackers normally target application right now, uh, especially during these COVID times, mobile applications and everything. Um, we should have include tools and methods to protect apps once they are deployed. Then the other part is network infrastructure. I believe uh, most of people, uh, organizations which uh, have employees working from home, the infrastructure has to be boosted up. And I'm sure most um, organizations have looked for solutions to improve their security in terms of uh, access, remote access. So several solutions uh, to mitigate, mitigate such uh, um, uh, this um, uh, network uh, malicious attacks that we're having at the moment. Um, basically has to be taken into place, uh, whereby you have to have firewalls, malware, uh, protection uh, uh, solutions, anti-spam software, anti-phishing software, and probably the most important critical part uh, in digital transformation is to have what you call policies for access roles and uh, policies uh, to guide employees on how to um, uh, uh, work with their with their software, which is being implemented during that digital transformation. So I think that's my take on uh, including cybersecurity during digital uh, transformation in, within organizations. I mean, that's an amazing uh, perspective you've brought into the conversation there. And I will not let you go. My next question is literally coming to you, just taking you up on some of the things you've said. Okay, sure. um, I really right. liked that you you you, you mentioned um, cybersecurity as an operation critical factor. Um, that can vary from industry to industry. In, in honesty, if we were to have that conversation in terms of how um, industries perceive um, cybersecurity's role in enabling digital transformation. Like you said, your sector, for example, is heavily attacked often. Um, same thing with financial sector, for example. Um, but you know, people in manufacturing across Africa might have a different thing to say around whether or not cybersecurity is so critical for them. But I like that we're having this sort of conversation. And I just want to take you up on some of the things you said there um, around what enterprises should do. And I want to ask very directly, um, what do you believe an enterprise IT security checklist should contain? I mean, in the near term, in the mid term, and in the long term, because I know that um, cyber, cyber resilience is, is a journey, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And so that means there will be things you, you want to do today, and there'll be things you want to do in two years, because if you try to do everything today, your business is literally not going to be able to, might not be able to take up the, the cost of these, um, these different um, pe uh, people, processes, and technology uh, improvement you might need to make. So what do you believe an enterprise IT checklist in terms of security should look like for NETEM, that's today, in, in some cases yesterday, <laughs> and then um, mid-term, and then long-term? I think uh, the checklist first has to start with uh, policies. 
uh, policies that uh, guide your security and policies that guide your accesses to your applications. Um, secondly, is um, basically the user, um, let's say, um, user account management, whereby um, you control uh, you control accesses of users and employees within the within the company. But basically, more of uh, identity and access management. That is. Uh, systems have access management and audit modules so that um, you can always track wh whoever is doing what and what. Um, then um, you should have what you call uh, user activity monitoring solutions. Okay. Um, solutions is whereby it monitors and track your user behavior, which will allow you to make decisions for the future on how you can change your organization on how it works, on how your software works, on how you are. Uh, processes works. At least it can give you more of a, a trend on on how your systems are. Um, apart from that, I think you the rest are more a bit technical solutions. Uh, I think um, basically to do with firewalls, malware, anti-spam software prote uh, protection, anti-phishing software, and the rest. Um, I think I'm, 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 have I answered your question? I think you have, but well, it looks like Fene has something to say. It's, it's yeah. nodding. Um, and Fene has, <laughs> Fene has quite uh, an impressive experience from his time working and consulting around. And I want to twist that question a bit for Fene. Um, um, he, can, he can always um, chime into um, the previous question. Uh, but I want to ask you specifically, what are the most important people processes or technology uh, practices that enterprises must implement to create a secure network. Um, and, and this is taken into perspective, for example, the current, um, uh, like the current landscape where, you know, the dynamics of working from home or the distributed workforce of that extended um, or, or exploded surface area for attacks um, has actually been created by the chaos and backdrop of the Every pandemic, I was I was looking at a report very recently where um, they were saying that the the amount of RDP attacks has has literally more than doubled in the past couple of months, and literally that's where a lot of ransomware attacks are coming from. You know, most of us would have thought before now that phishing was was beating uh, um, RDP to as the root, the major root to to ransomware, but that report was actually refuting that. And why RDP has been so successful in terms of RDP attacks have been so successful is, of course, also because RDP is sort of enabling enterprises to to uh, and uh, and users across these enterprises to connect remotely. So, what do you believe are these things that pe the people, uh, three key pillars of cybersecurity, within the people, the processes, and the technology? What are you, what do you think are the most important things that enterprises must implement? Thank you, Confidence. I, I love your energy, by the way. Uh, <laughs> very confident. Okay, so, so yeah, so I think, um, so I'm always very careful to give silver bullet answers to security questions because, I mean, I wish there was a silver bullet. We've been at this for a while. There's just none. Uh, the, what, what, what every, everything we try to do in security, really, at the end of the day, is just increase the layers, okay, that sort of make it more difficult. So let's talk about process, for example, first of all. So from a process perspective, I think that your processes need to be driven first of all by your policies, 
Um, so, for example, if I have a policy around, you know, backup, for example, and, and one of the things we've done in Africa is really have very good policies. So, if I have a policy around backup, for example, that says that must be backed on all assets. So, this is like assuming on our asset acquisition. So we say we're going to take it back apart. Have a standard critical asset database and mental backup every day or full backup. And then after the standard, then I have my processes and proceed. And I'll start speaking exactly how things happen. Such that when someone leaves the organization, it's almost like a you know a working bible or brand of document if you like that says this is exactly how we so I think that's exactly the processes should see that for and I mean processes and policies should align this practice. Bennett, we're having a really hard time hearing you. you it's breaking okay. up. better now. Yes, I think it's a bit okay. better. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, so from a policy perspective, I think it should be aligned to things like ISO, COVID, uh, NIST. Sometimes you could take a flavor of all three, which is what, you know, I, I choose to do. I just took a bit, bit some pieces of, of all three. That's from policies and processes, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, let's talk about technology. I think that technology should be driven by your cybersecurity strategy because what we have now really is there's a proliferation of technological tools in our continent in the last four, five, six years. There's a solution to detect when a solution does not work. There is a solution for everything. And if you're not careful, what you're gonna end up doing is having solutions that are even duplicating their responsibilities and roles. So I think technology should be driven from your cybersecurity strategy. So where exactly are we trying to play and what exactly is critical to us? Um, so that is exactly what should drive your technology. I, you know, for example, a network access control may not be critical to me in the post-COVID era where I'm no longer working from the office. So the whole conversation about vendors you know, are just going to be able to log into my LAN and not exist what I care a lot more about is a multi-factor authentication solution so that I have a second layer over my password. My users are connected across the world. And then on a people perspective, um, I think that from a people perspective, this is what I think. For people, you need to inform, you need to educate, and you need to test. So inform meaning things like nuggets, things like information, you know, you can send emails. I mean, when, when, when certain things go wrong, Globally, your users need to know exactly what happened and how it affects your company. Educate things like workshops, your user awareness, which I'll talk about later. And then, in terms of testing, you need to test to know exactly who are my high risk users that just clicked on the link to the millionaire before for it. And then, who are the ones on the second level who maybe have you know, a, a, a more sense of cybersecurity? So, that, that, that's my thing. Uh, thank you so much, Fene. Um, I'm going to take you back on some of the things you said. For example, um, exact, uh, especially with the way things are evolving, uh, you touched on backups, for example. Uh, and you know, you know, I, I just wanted to have that little conversation on the side. It's it's crazy how backups are not serving us anymore, especially in the context of ransomware. So the ransomware guys, for example, 
some of them don't exactly, they first exfiltrate before they encrypt. So when you have your backups to restore, they're just going to say, okay, do you want the world to see your next generation plans in terms of technology? Do you want us to release it? And then you say, okay, you think about it, you're like, okay, you know what? I will just pay the ransom anyway. So I, I'm bringing that into the conversation because people often sometimes think that um, uh, maybe being reactive sometimes might just cover the tracks for you. In this day and time, uh, being proactive, like you discussed around the people, processes, and technology is very key to even survival in the first place. Uh, because while you might be able to recover in terms of maybe your your cyber insurance um, or your backups, your backups and your cyber insurance cannot cover, for example, for things like um, intellectual property being released and being exposed on the on the internet, you will still have to pay those ransoms. So and really, that ransom conversation is, is another very deep conversation to have all together. Um, but I want to ask you, Sandeep, too, you know, what do you think are the important people, processes, and technology that um, practices in, in this sense, which enterprises must implement? Um, can you just give us something really quick in like a minute? Because I think we haven't even gone halfway through and uh, our time is fast spent already. <laughs> So, uh, you know, uh, some of the aspects have, uh, you know, already been covered by Fene. So, uh, like in terms of uh, from, from an insurance perspective, because I belong to an insurance company, so data is very critical to us. Uh, you know, the, in terms of technology practices, one of the key things which we try to implement is the encryption of our data, access controls, identity management. Then especially uh, putting, uh, you know, personally identifiable data or personal health information which are classified as sensitive by various data laws. In Kenya, uh, we have a data law, so which actually classifies certain kind of information as highly sensitive, which typically falls into these two categories. In terms of uh, security threat, how do I protect that information? So uh, these, uh, these are the kind of uh, things uh, what we do. And one of the most important things what, as an organization, what we have been doing is synthesizing people actually so that even actually yesterday it happened with me i just received an invoice from a unknown vendor that uh, you know i please process the invoice and in fact i was quite tempted to click on it but it so happened that because there is a synthesization program a pr program which was uh, carried in our organization so i just forwarded the mail to my it team to verify the source of that particular uh, email so it turned out to be unsuspicious uh, this thing now other thing is that in terms of you see, in any organization, no matter what amount of technology you Im, uh, implement, the weakest link is always the people in terms of their knowledge and in terms of their uh, understanding of, of the gravity of the situation. Now think of a situation uh, where uh, we have implemented workplace mobility and uh, we are accessing our core operating systems from outside. So here, constant threat detection in terms of uh, awareness, in terms of employees of suspicious activity or in kind of uh, uh, you know uh, what should they download what should not they upload this kind of uh, 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 things uh, you know becomes very critical no matter how hard uh, 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 no matter how much you invest on technology but people becomes the primary as well as the weakest uh, link in the whole equation of uh, cyber security that is as a practitioner and that is uh, that that means uh, as what we see on day-to-day -day basis. That, that's my point of view, actually. Okay, 
okay, that's another conversation also we're going to be having. How do we help people become the stronger link? Uh, we'll be discussing that very soon, but I like how you mentioned spear phishing because that's also a very top um, uh, uh, threat vector right now. Um, so I want to hear Winnie's voice. I'm so excited to see another woman. So hello, Winnie, please put on your camera. <laughs> Uh, Winnie, how is your organization or those you advise, how do they practically prevent insider threats, especially those in the IT department? Um, I've seen a question from Chioma. Chioma is asking just about that, but Chioma, you took the words right out of my mouth. Winnie, are you there? Um, I really want to hear your thoughts about insider threats, especially insider threats in the IT team. Because these are the people who know what technology you have in your space, understand how your organization works. So um, an insider threat from your from the IT team is usually very dangerous. Um, Winnie, I, I don't know if you're still here. Is Winnie here? If Winnie isn't here, um, please by all means, means Fener, you can you can speak about this. You can unmute your mic and speak about this. Okay, so insider threats in IT. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the, the, the truth is that the, the, so there are also users in IT who are your normal users, okay? So, I mean, there, there will be users in IT who still have the same system access as legal or HR, you know, or estate management or people like that. So, your bigger risk really comes around your privileged users in IT, and, and, and they are bigger for two reasons. Because one, um, if they get disgruntled, they could hurt you. And two, if their access gets into the wrong hands, well, whoever it gets into, whether it's a hacker or malicious, is that they could hurt you. So there are really two reasons why those guys in IT now become very critical to you. So first, so I will always start from a strategic perspective. There need to be clauses when these guys join the organization, okay, that speak to confidentiality of information and they sign up to such things. Because through this IT, you're going to see a lot of information. You're going to see back-end passwords. For, you're going to reset people's passwords. You're going to do things like that, okay? So there have to be clauses when you join that you sign up to say, okay, um, these are the penalties if I misuse my privilege or if I misuse my system access. There's also the, the AUP, you know, the acceptable use policy, which we should have in our organization that should speak to exactly what is the acceptable use for information that you have access to. So that's it. However, um, not everybody will, you know, will stick to your policies. So you need to have another layer. And so the second layer now has to go technical. So I think that the privileged access management solution is important now um, because while I have seen, and my, my background was in ethical hacking, so I did this for a long time. We have broken into vaults, okay? So we have broken into password vaults. So there's nothing that is fully protected. However, it gives you an extra layer of security such that at least the passwords are in a vault. And then the other thing that the privilege managed solution also helps is these guys now know that whatever they are doing is being recorded, okay? So everything you are doing is being recorded. Then I think at the, that's at the preventive level. At a detective level, I think that you need to have an integrity monitor such that any change done by any administrator, you can tie it back and go ask, where was the CAB approval for this? Um, so there's a lot of governance that needs to happen in that space. So yes, so policy perspective, there are things that need to be signed up on. There needs to be acceptable use policy, which they need to be aware of. So I always do my information security awareness separately for IT because they are a wonderful breed. So you, you, you cannot be talking to IT and HR on, on the same level of conversation, okay? So, the privileged users need to want, be protected by a privilege-managed solution. 
there needs to record the activities, protect their usernames and password, probably in a vault, and then there needs to be detective abilities to be able to detect when they have done something out, you know, that, that probably is not a bit approved because you always need to tie what they do to CAB approvals. Um, and I think that, again, it also needs to be consequences when things go wrong. Otherwise, human beings will always continue to abuse it. Thank you so much, Fene, for your thoughts there. Um, <laughs> the interesting bit around IT and, and its, its peculiarities. Uh, it's funny how cybersecurity conversations still always almost come down to the basics. CIA, for example, the basics you've just spoken about. So, yes, once you address the basics, half the time you can then layer up and become um, uh, and progress in your cyber resilience journey. Um, Winnie, we missed you a bit. I actually wanted you to share your thoughts too about um, what you, you, you think uh, people or enterprises can do to, uh, to prevent insider threats, especially in the IT team. You want to chime in? Yes, that is good. Um, what happens is that insider threats is, is equal to the number of employees or people that can connect to the system within a financial sector. So what I would say the best ways to try and curb is to minimize the privileges that are being bestowed on these users. Let one person not have a critical login that can do several things at the same time. They need the other party. Number two, the logins that these guys, the employees have been bestowed, what can they be able to do? what can they not be able to, to do? Do we have hierarchies? Do we have levels of authentication that is controlled? So we're looking at what controls do we have in place in terms of in case a transaction goes beyond a certain limit or in case there's a sensitive activation that needs to be done, who can do it? So I would say there's need for every each and every system in place to have limited or um, limited privileges so as to allow that we have a collaborative team. Number two, what, a, what training or what awareness do these employees have when it comes to being the first and foremost the agents of cyber insecurities? They are the first, first ambassadors that can cause cyber insecurity. It's the insider before you even think of the uh, outsider. Number three, there's also a, an outsider called a vendor or a partner. What privileges do they have and what engagement uh, partnership do you have? Do you have a vendor management policy in place? At what point or at what level do they end their work for the rest to be able to move on? So that thing, if you collaboratively putting all that together, make sure that the insider systems are okay. And also from time to time, there's also need to scale up because security systems are changing. Insecurities are also becoming sophisticated day in, day out. The way people used to steal or rob a bank, um, 10 years ago, cannot be able to, it's, it's not one of the threats currently. The threat has gone digital due to the digital transformation. So there is need for more um, additional money also into research and development. What are the new ways that these hackers are using? And have we employed a sophisticated way of trying to tame the outsider before getting in? So that at least when we are saying we are safe inside, also we are at least safer from a uh, simple vaults that is yeah that's what it is. Okay, thank you so much winnie um I, I i so that brings me to my next question really um 
a lot of us have spoken about the things that enterprises need to do. Um, but then how do you secure this funding? Um, um, Sandeep, in your own thoughts, you know, what are your thoughts about how, you know, um, security leaders within organizations can actually secure funding for their cybersecurity programs to support digital transformation in their enterprises? Because this has remained a, prob a problem, um, generally speaking, for a lot of, uh, of cybersecurity leaders. So how would you advise that these people secure funding? How do you secure funding, for example, um, for your programs? Yeah, presently, uh, there is as such no funding program available for that. Maybe you can ha have some grants, but uh, from an insurance perspective, it's like what we offer is a risk transfer mechanism. Now for various enterprises, as an insurance company, we do arrange what is called a premium financing. It's a financing of your insurance program. So now think of an uh, example. Uh, somebody talked about digital extortion. So now, you know, in terms of if you have a malware attack and you are in a situation where business disruption losses are much higher than actually trying to negotiate a, uh, a malware or a, a ransomware attack, then as an insurance company, sometimes we advise go ahead and pay the extortion, which would be covered uh, 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 from our uh, insurance uh, policy. So now if a risk transfer mechanism, if there's a funding which is required for the particular risk transfer mechanism, then depending on our relationship with the clients, we as a company, we sometimes take up discussions with various funding or financing programs wherein we come ahead and with a, co a complete plan and have an insurance financing program or what we can call a premium financing program uh, in terms of any kind of risk uh, transfer uh, mechanism. Also, one of the very important things is uh, not only having a, uh, a, a cybersecurity uh, program or an insurance program, one of the very important thing is what is going to be the breach response. So in terms of if you are engaging in a risk transfer mechanism like an insurance company or an insurance carrier, they also advise you on the breach, uh, uh, breach response. So now, even if you like to pay a digital extortion, so and typically the uh, I'm just trying to put it in a very simplistic way. Suppose if they want you to pay in a Bitcoin, then I, I'm quite so sure, including myself, we do. Uh, you know, it's most of the business uh, leaders they do not know how to actually use and mine a Bitcoin to pay digital extortion. <laughs> so these are some of the things uh, in terms of when you talk about funding, funding not in, only in terms of financing, but in terms of the knowledge which comes when you engage a risk transfer mechanism to manage your cyber security. Exactly. Okay, so um, we are fast running out of time. I just want to ask one really quick question to Fene. Fene, you had actually, um, oh, I don't know if to, to go send this to Winnie, but you had actually mentioned something around um, how you do cyber security awareness training. So um, in your opinion, you know, how can we improve enterprise cyber security by creating awareness and, and can training really be enough? And then what has, your, what has been the strategy of your organization to ensure effectiveness of these trainings? And how often, for example, should they do these trainings or should um, um, organizations have this training considering um, it's knock on both the economy and the cybersecurity landscape, the knock on effects of COVID? So, um, Fene, really quick, just maybe in 30 seconds, and we need 30 seconds, just give us your thoughts. Okay, so let's see, 30 seconds. 
um, first answer yeah. to your question, yes, with 100 exclamation marks, um, I think the awareness will help your security. Uh, what do I do? What I try to do is really take a lot of intelligence and use that intelligence in driving awareness. For example, I could show you graphs of how a lot of our threats could be linked to countries where our competitors have a lot of stronghold. Okay, so that would get your attention. I could also show you in an awareness session about your country. So, for example, I have graphs um, of malware attacks per country. So, when I'm speaking to Nigeria, I can be showing you the this is exactly the kind of attacks that we have been seeing in Nigeria. This is what you should be careful about. It's different when I'm in the Dubai office. It's different when I'm in the UK office. So I think that your cyber strategy should, first of all, speak to the users on their personal security. That way, they'll be a lot more connected. Then you now talk about how it could hurt the organization and examples of organizations that users have caused hurt to the organization and the impact it had on their balance sheet, the impact it had on their reputation, and things like that. Thank you so much for that really quick, uh, quick um, share. Um, Winnie, please go ahead. Just 30 seconds really quickly. Just share with us your thoughts on cybersecurity awareness training. Uh, Winnie is muted, so we can't hear you. Winnie, you're muted, please. Sorry for that. Um, thank you. Um, just to bring on the issue of awareness and training is that the buy-in has to come from the management. Are they aware on the importance of training these employees when it comes to being the people that are the first agents of insecurity to the organization? The buy-in from the management gives a leeway, a better uh, way for doing the trainings, which is done quarterly, but there's also an online training, simulated hacks, whereby you send something and see who are these very first people to be able to log in and get exploited. So that way it gives even a, a, a thumbs up in terms of what we are supposed to train on next and who are these targets? Who are the risk employees? So we've done a profiling based on that. So awareness and training really, really plays a critical role when it comes to security internally. Thank you. Thank you so much, Winnie. Thank you so much, Pene. Thank you so much, Sandeep. And thank you so much, Kevin. You know, this has been a very great conversation around how cybersecurity can actually uh, support the uh, the, the uh, enterprise uh, that's going through digital transformation. And we've discussed security funding. Um, we've discussed, um, you know, proactive insider threat management. Um, and we've discussed, um, we've discussed cybersecurity awareness. And I like all of the perspectives that you brought to bear. Um, thank you so much for your time today and thank you so much to the organizers for giving us this platform to discuss and share our thoughts uh, on what should be in, uh, in, uh, in our continent. Remember to tell your friends, family and colleagues that the show is available to listen for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer or any other app that you use to listen to podcasts. Also, make sure to head over to www.iafrican.com forward slash radio. That is www.iafrican.com forward slash radio. And subscribe to get notified on new episodes of the Tech Legal Matters podcast and any other iAfrican radio shows. Stay safe on the web.